the, the town doesn't function without multitude of volunteers mm. and a lot of them serve on committees that may not recognition that other committees get but they're still providing a service to make our community Franklin a better community. All right, Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass area dial at 102.9. There was a town council meeting last night, and now we're into our town council quarterbacking session with town council chair Tom Mercer. Tom, happy Thursday morning. And happy Thursday to you, Steve, and all our listeners. Absolutely. We're into, as I was talking with Jamie recently, we're kind of the budget season is behind us to a certain, although we know budget never goes away. But <laughs> never goes away. We're, we're into kind of the festival season <laughs> and summer is upon us officially this week. So that, that, that's that's all good. That, very positive thing. And uh, uh, the weather forecast for the weekend looks wonderful. So mm-hmm. all good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the only other piece that's certainly on my radar, and I'm sure other folks are going to be watching it, lawns are going to get a little bit browner because the drought status level just increased to level two. Um, And because of the forecast, we've got no rain, (laughs) significant rain in the forecast. That's going to be an issue as we go forward. It it certainly is. Uh, You know, uh, it's something that, you know, we'd love to see a a day or two of rain here anytime soon. And it Mm -hmm. would certainly help everything. Uh, But you're correct uh, with the uh, with the water restrictions that the state mandates. uh, It does. uh, It does cause some lawns to turn brown. Mm hmm. And fortunately, they recover quickly once the water does come back. So, yeah, yes, it's not like they're lost forever. It would be nice if we had a little bit of rain every night. Yeah, kind of schedule it, you know, you know, yeah. between two and four in the morning, minimal exactly. impact. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for the listeners, thank you for joining us uh, for your for the newbies amongst you. Definitely. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you uh, appreciate what we're attempting to do. And if you're not aware, OK, the, the town council meeting was last night. So we're going to just answer two questions. What just happened <laughs> and what does it mean for the Franklin residents and taxpayers? And I certainly appreciate council chair spending some time this morning to go through and kind of recap. And last night was a relatively short meeting. It was 90 minutes or thereabouts, and but it was chock full of goodness as well. So we'll jump right in. You started off with a proclamation for the electric youth. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we always love to get these uh, and do these proclamations. And it's always good to see uh, the youth come in uh, and uh, we're fortunate that annually the uh, Franklin School for the Performing Arts uh, uh, traveling ensemble known as Electric Youth uh, came before us uh, once again and talked about their tour. Uh, they're leaving on a three-week tour of uh, Europe, Italy, uh, Slovenia, France, 
they're kind of all over the place. So, um, but they have uh, multiple performances over there, and not the least of which is one that they do uh, at Normandy in the square, where you know the famous uh, parachute uh, that. Uh, hangs on the side of the uh, building in the square and they have a performance right in that square, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the first city or town in uh, uh, that was liberated uh, by the allies Mm -hmm. back in world war two. So uh, anyway, electric youth came before us, uh, had a proclamation for them and uh, they sang a couple of uh, quick a cappella numbers for us. So uh, it's always great to kind of, kind of lightens the mood a little bit and kicked off the meeting in really good form. So, yeah. And I think the, um, the proclamation was more to recognize that they are truly ambassadors, not just of the U S but effectively of Franklin as they visit. And they're generally good ambassadors, at least based upon my my viewing of them and their performance, they're worthy ambassadors to that extent. <laughs> uh, they certainly are. They're, they're a great group of uh, young people uh, and it, they change annually. Um, you know, some people, some of the uh, kids are there two or three years right. and uh, then they move on to college and the younger ones come in. Mm-hmm. But they're generally uh, a really good group. And I know, uh, of course, I'm a little biased, uh, obviously, but uh, I do know the training that they're put through. And, you know, they uh, they go through some etiquette training at uh, uh, a couple of the restaurants in town where they go and the restaurant puts on a meal for them. Uh, I think they've done it at the country club the last couple of times mm-hmm. where the general manager and the restaurant manager will come in, sit with them and go through, you know, uh, which fork and all, all that, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I know they're put through the rigmaroles of uh, uh, how they should be ambassadors. And I believe they truly are. Uh, I've been fortunate on two or three occasions to make the trip with them. So uh, it's a great experience. So, mm-hmm. so it's all good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, because the recording, at least of the total meeting is available. I also shared this morning the uh, performance. They are they do have a performance Friday and Saturday. So you can catch that at the black box if you'd like. Um, they're also releasing a audio uh via spotify um and i shared that link so you can uh oh. go catch the the song i think it's good riddance um, yeah. <laughs> kind of a farewell song but it yeah you know it's it's a it's a redoing of a popular song in, in, in the acapella version and uh your uh, sister Raylene Mercer had more of the details around it so they can listen to the town council meeting and get the, the story behind it because that in itself is is the goodness of how people from Broadway are helping as well in many ways not only performing but then assisting in recording and arranging and all goodness yeah for sure and then the second proclamation was recognition of June as Pride Month absolutely yes uh 
we read a proclamation or uh, Council of Columbia Ledger read, read a proclamation uh, uh, signifying and recognizing that uh, June is LGBTQIA uh, Pride Month. And uh, uh, there's, uh, I believe there's an event on uh, Sunday afternoon from yep, the 26th, uh, two to four or uh, 12 to four, 12 to four. Uh, yep. And uh, on the common and uh, we as a council wanted to recognize the, uh, the, the pride month and uh, locally. So we read the proclamation, developed a proclamation, read it last night, and, uh, you know, uh, let people know out there, our listeners know that there is this event going on, open to everyone on uh, Sunday afternoon, 12 to 4 at the Town Common. Yep. Yeah, there'll be some food trucks, uh, some artworks, some live entertainment. Uh, there's also an open mic. So there's a variety of things to do and just be out hopefully on good weather as well as we talked earlier it should be good weather for sunday so <laughs> yes yes yeah, we're, we're becoming weathermen steve weathermen yes <laughs> yeah and then you get into more of the formal business and the fire chief was back for two new hire uh swearing a formal swearing in ceremonies yes uh we had two new uh fire uh fire paramedic appointments and uh just to remind our listeners that uh all of our new hires, one of the requirements that uh, Franklin has that not every community has is every uh, individual that we hire for uh, work in the fire department uh, must be a paramedic. So um, we had two last night, uh, Richard Salve, uh and Timothy Sweeney. And these are these are great things that we've started doing over the last few years where we, we're recognizing the new hires at a council meeting with a formal pinning on of their badges by family members. And uh, I just think it's a, a great message to send to the community uh, showing uh, and maybe putting some faces to some names. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, for our local fire department and police department, we do right. it for both. So it's good stuff. Yep, it is. And it gives some recognition. Certainly the entire department seemed like it was there, except for, I think, while they were waiting, they also, some of them got a call, so they had to respond to that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're on duty. <laughs> they got to do what exactly. they need to do. Um, and yeah. now people are coming through. And yeah, to your point, between the police department, fire department, the visual recognition can help because clearly at the time when if we do need and they do respond, well, it'd be nice to know that, oh, I've seen you before. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Indeed. And then you did kind of the annual reappointment. So for those listeners in particular, the boards and committees generally are on staggered terms to provide some uh, enabling of turnover, et cetera. Um, but those who are up for terms also choose to uh, reappoint themselves, and those still have to be done officially. Um, and I believe in the discussion, it was recognition that some people have chosen for a variety of reasons not to reappoint, not to re-up, re so to speak. 
Um, and there'll be an analysis done and there'll be some more opportunities. So for a variety of boards and commissions, there may be still some open spots, but this was the the formal recognition, at least of these who are re-upping, whose terms were expiring currently. Exactly. And there were, uh, I don't know, roughly 45, uh, 40 to 45 uh, appointments that were ratified by uh, the town council last night. And again, just so people understand that the uh, uh, town administrator uh, appoints the people uh, to these committees and then it comes before the town council for ratification. Right. So, uh, you know, then we had the Ag Commission, the uh, Water registrars, uh, Charles River pollution, community preservation, uh, cultural district, council on aging, finance committee. Uh, there's a multitude of uh, committees, volunteer committees. And, you know, it's never a bad time to let the town hall and let our offices know that you're interested in. Uh, serving on a committee and what your background is, uh, because we do keep records. Uh, when we uh, get an application or somebody that's interested in a committee, if we don't have any spots on that committee, we do keep that uh, individual's information on record. And if one comes up or if something similar uh, with a similar committee uh, comes up, we do dip into that file and try and find people. So uh, just because there may not be an opening on a committee you might want to serve on uh, right now doesn't mean you shouldn't get your name in the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the pieces that I do want to do at some point in time uh, is enumerate the entire amount because there's a number of boards and committees, I think offhand between 30 and 40, rough count, um, each of them running from call five to nine. There's a lot of volunteers that on a regular basis provide that oversight in specific areas of the town. So while a town administrator has his department heads and then they have their employees, et cetera, that volunteer piece clearly is critical to the overall operation and success of Franklin going forward. So there is plenty Absolutely. of opportunity and we thank certainly you and the school committee because those are also key critical roles as well. Elected, yes, but still volunteer. And and that's true, but we can't, the, the town doesn't function without a multitude of volunteers. Mm. And a lot of them serve on committees that may not get recognition that other committees get, but they're still providing a service to make our community, Franklin, a better community. Right. Definitely. And that's where there is something for everyone <laughs> because across, <laughs> sure. whether it's cultural, financial design, building inspections, I mean, you name it, there, there's an opportunity to yes, serve sir. in an oversight role and volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other appointment was specifically to the Tri-County School Committee, of which we have a couple of representatives, if I recall. Um, and there had been a change uh, and there was an opening and 
a former school committee member of our school committee who re-ran for election, didn't make it, but she's still qualified and she's now able to serve Tricon. Yes, and uh, uh, the individual that was appointed to the Tri-County Regional Vote School Committee was Jennifer D'Angelo, a former, uh, as you stated, former uh, Franklin School Committee member. Uh, she has uh, she had expressed interest, and this one is, you know, in you know some of these amendments are a little bit uh, there's a that's a little bit different. In this particular case, what happens is the uh, chairman of the school committee, uh, town administrator, chairman of the town council, uh, make a recommendation for, to fulfill. Uh, and then it goes to the tri-county committee and then it come back, comes back to the council for ratification. Hmm. Yeah, and I think we neglected to mention that, but that something very similar happened. So even during the year, if somebody from call it cultural council or design review has an open spot, generally that committee works with the town administrator to identify from the candidates that are available who would be the best. Uh, so they're not getting somebody cold that they've never seen before. Exactly. Exactly, Steve. Yep. And then you get into the legislation for action. And the first three items were all around the Community Preservation Committee's first formal uh, funding opportunities and some of the details within that. So this is uh, certainly a historic moment as well, almost as historic as the vote to approve and bring it in. <laughs> this is the first time we're actually, other than the Maple Hill purchase, but this actually is a, a pay in the bills now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And it's a great start. It's the kind of the first time through. And, uh, you know, these uh, projects were brought forth um, to the council by the uh, Community Preservation Act Committee. And uh, they're great projects. Uh, uh, the brick school, uh, the historical uh, museum cupola, mm -hmm. uh, the town clerk vault. <laughs> uh, so digitization <laughs> is required there. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, then the historic, as I said, the historical museum cupola, uh, the red brick schoolhouse, which is uh, certainly one of uh, one of everybody's favorite mm -hmm. uh, yep. to uh, uh, get that going. And that is still just as a reminder to our listeners that that is still the oldest one room schoolhouse still operating for educational purposes as uh, the current group that is in there is the, uh, is a youth robotics club. Mm -hmm. So it continues to qualify so that's a wonderful thing, but it is certainly in need of some repair. And thanks to the Community Preservation uh, Commission, as well as the Act, uh, we're able to uh, fund that project. Yeah, I think this is, we've talked 
you and I have talked, Jamie and I have talked in different ways. And I think respectfully, while there is community engagement in regards to the operating budget, respectfully, there's very little actual change that we can make there because the operating budget is just so tight, so to speak. But the CPA funding now is our money. And we truly get and was evidenced by the two public hearings were held in in January and then additional fact-finding meetings by the CPC before and subsequent led to the finalization of this, you know, first cut at the projects, which as we've talked, you know, people have wanted to do red, red brick school for a while. That takes money. And where do you put that above, you know, police, a fire, new hire, et cetera. And now we've got something so that these funds can be used for these purposes and alleviate some of that pressure on the operating budget. So it, it's a good thing. And um, stay tuned. There's more coming. There's more opportunity because uh, the, the project list is fairly extensive. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I neglected, obviously, one of the bigger ones, which is the Maple Hill Open Space Purchase. Uh, that was a piece of it last night as, as well. And uh, this Community Preservation Commission and Act has allowed us to do some of these things that, as you said, uh, we wouldn't be able to do uh, uh, within the constraints of uh, the regular operating budget. So, right. so it's good things. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think the other piece, while on the Maple Hill funding piece, Jamie also took the opportunity. That was the first funding since we got our AAA rating, and clearly people are hearing interest rates are going up, et cetera. The Fed will still be making moves, but we got a three-point-something interest rate for this, which certainly is a benefit from our AAA ratings. So that's all good, too. Mm-hmm. And then one of the odd things, but it's not so odd. I mean, when you think about it and we talk of, you know, uh, good uh, AAA rating, good audit review, you had a appropriation to transfer intra-budget only $45,000 on a $140 million budget. I mean, I think that redefines Jeff Nutting's famous term of de minimis. This is even below de minimis in terms of the uh, percent adjustment you had to make. Credit to the town departments and the department leads and just operating truly to what was forecasted. Absolutely. And, you know, it's 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 incredible and uh, that our administrative team and departments are able to manage uh, to their budgets as they done in recent years, and especially this past year, uh, with all that was going on, and to have this, you know, that this a dollar is a dollar, uh, but this small amount uh, to, that we have to transfer um, is a great and a real tribute to work that our department heads do. Yeah. And the finance committee, finance department, our controller, uh, treasurer, collector, all those folks in the finance world, certainly in assisting those. We can't, can't leave them out. <laughs> they have an important role to play, too. Absolutely. Uh, you know, to have $45,500 uh, as the amount that 
we had to transfer is just uh, a real tribute. And yeah. I can't say enough about our administrative team and ads for the work they do to stay within budget constraints. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the next item up was a resolution providing authority for the town administrator to provide some paperwork and signature authority to the state for this SRF uh, state revolving uh, funding, I believe, which is primarily going to be associated with the Beaver Street Interceptor work. Um, so it's a bit of you know, documentary oversight from the state, but it still required the town council approval to at least make sure the community was aware, oh, by the way, this is happening, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, so. No, no, for sure. It, it, you know, it, again, it's more checks and balances uh, for a project, especially a project the size of mm -hmm. the street interceptor. Uh, you know, it will go through the consultant, it goes through the Department of Public Works, it goes through uh, you know, uh, Brutus's administrative team before it even gets to Jamie uh, or to the town administrator's sign-on. So, um, so anyway, it, it it was just giving the authority to Jamie uh, to sign on behalf of the community. Yeah, and again, it's some of that. <clears throat> just to reiterate a little bit, oversight by the state, and respectfully, there may be some other communities who are not as organized and as transparent as we are. So the state forces the town's communities to do so. And I think we're in a good position that was, you know, okay, that's fine. Yep. Nothing more than that. Just, okay, go. <laughs> and then you moved into the final item, uh, which is a gift acceptance, uh, but highlighted a bit of the discussion where, as we've talked um, clearly there's a lot of things that are Franklin, that Franklin, the town of doesn't actually do. Um, and one of the pieces was the Memorial Day going forward, the town will be supporting in the budget, the Memorial Day parade prior, it had been done by at least the Rotary and other volunteers, other orgs, they may have been sometime before me <laughs> reporting other gorgs may have been involved, but um, to cover this year. Uh, veteran services picked it up, but then we had uh, Joe Halligan cover the financial piece of the uh, police details. Exactly. And again, uh, we can't thank the Rotary Club enough. And I would be remiss if I didn't thank uh, former councilor Matt Kelly, who led the uh, Memorial Day parade through the Rotary Club for many, many years. And uh, we can't thank the Rotary Club enough for their uh, support over the previous, uh, God, as far back as I can remember them mm -hmm. uh, supporting it. Uh, but the right thing to do is uh, to put this through in the town's budget. It was brought up by a couple of counselors last night. Why? Why did we need to go outside to get funding this year? And clearly it was just a timing issue uh, where it was kind of the changeover from uh, not having one uh, last year and then having uh, 
a, a situation where the Rotary Club uh, was not uh, going forward, didn't have the, the people to uh, take care of it or to run it. So uh, Veteran Services took it over and, uh, you know, as he has done on many occasions, Joe Halligan is never uh, never late to the dinner table to mm. bring us uh, when we're in need of uh, some dollars to cover a uh, function like this. Uh, we really appreciate the fact that he stepped forward and said, you know, uh, I'll cover the cost this year. So we thank Joe for that. And we thank the veteran services, obviously, for uh, taking over this uh, Memorial Day uh, parade and celebration. And uh, it was a great event. Um, and it will, I'm sure, only get better, but it will be funded through the town's operating budget moving forward. Yeah, and it's a relatively minimal amount, certainly in the big budget that we have, but I think it's a key amount. And to my reporting re recollection, that's the first time we've actually stepped forward to do that, which kudos to the town for having the wherewithal, having the ability. Obviously, we still have budget pressures, but we can at least step up to do this because as we've discussed before, and I think even earlier in this session, we were talking about you know, this public-private nonprofit relationship in terms of putting on everything that happens. And we can take the opportunity to as well to tout the 4th of July coalition, because by the time we next talk, <laughs> it'll, it'll be behind us. But if anybody wants to contribute to them, certainly I'll be sharing the links to the 4th of July coalition. They're also looking for donations as well, because they are bringing the fireworks back. That's going to be yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good thing. And uh, to your point, uh, it's a it's a great thing. And again, these uh, different groups that have uh, that step forward and do these things and bringing back the Fourth of July uh, fireworks is, uh, is a great thing. I know people uh, people in the community are looking forward to that coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, something that uh, we received many phone calls about over the last couple of years. Uh, and it's very happy to see that it came back. And thank you to the 4th of July, 4th of July Coalition Committee that uh, have brought this, brought these back to our great community. Yeah. And back to the weather briefly, at least in the 10 day outlook, it's supposed to be no weather, no, no inclement weather on the, the fourth on the July 2nd when the fireworks are. So, yeah, we need the rain, but we'll do that in the two to four. We talk about it and not interfere with the, the fireworks exactly. Saturday night. Well, I think that does the recap. Again, uh, it was a 90 minute meeting. You went into executive session and we'll cover that when that's appropriate at some point in time. But um Thank you for taking time to share some of the insights on last night's session and uh, have a good weekend. Have a good fourth because it'll be a bit before we come back to do this next town council quarterbacking. Thank you, Steve. And uh, obviously to you and all our listeners, a very happy fourth of July. And uh, we'll look forward to our next quarterbacking session, which will be the middle of the month. Mm, indeed. Indeed. And for the listeners, just a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio.
This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.